Hi, everybody. This is the Marriage Foundation Show, where you can learn so much about marriage that you didn't know. And our co-host is David Cruz. He's standing by. And our topic today is, I can't share things with my spouse, with my husband, with my wife. And this is a pretty common problem. David, what do you think about that? Oh, there's just so many areas you can go into with this, Paul. Um, I'm just going to, I'm just interested to see where you go with it. I've been on both sides of this um, in relationships where I felt comfortable in sharing and, and others where I did not. So I have my own opinion on where, why I did or did not. At this point, I think I'd like to see where this goes and where you take it. And okay. Go from there. Well, you know, the first thing that I want to address on this, and, and <laughs> I'll be honest, it just came into my mind. And it's kind of a response because one of the greatest hindrances to a very good marriage, believe it or not, is the whole Western psychological approach to marriage, which is all about, well, what's going on? What's the problem? Let's talk about it. And they have so many false ideas about how to communicate, how to connect, and how to make a marriage really good. And and in this area, when a woman says, you know, I, I don't know how to get my husband to listen to me. I want to tell him how I feel, but he gets annoyed and he doesn't want to hear how I feel. How many times have you been in that situation, David, where, you know, your wife starts talking and there's a part of you that's you just don't want to hear it. You know, maybe you've had a busy day yourself and things have been hard. And, you know, maybe not in your marriage, maybe you have a more understanding wife, but women are taught to kind of dump their feelings on their husbands. And they're also taught that their husbands should sit there and listen. And um, I think it's problematic because. This is where ladies who hear me say what I just said get upset, and then when I'm about to say, gets them to see what I'm talking about. And that is that the idea of feelings is misunderstood. You see, what they mean by feelings in the psych world are emotions. And in Indian philosophy... There's a word for the true feeling of the heart. The word is chit, C-H-I-T. And it's a beautiful expression of the heart, chit. It's like how you're feeling, meaning how much love you're feeling. Because the heart is just love. It has no emotions whatsoever. Love, real love, isn't an emotion. And so when you're feeling chit, and everyone has had that feeling. It's like, have you gone to a wedding and not felt this moment when all of a sudden your heart is just filled with love? It brings tears to your eyes. And the mind, which is so indicative of what's going on, the mind goes, oh, no, no, I, I got to be thinking about this. I got to be thinking about that. It doesn't want to go there. It doesn't want to feel that feeling. Emotions, sure, 
It'll feel emotions, but it doesn't want to feel that heart love. Yeah, that's the real thing. The mind, the, the, the mind doesn't want that's to feel right. that? Why does the mind not want to feel okay, that? Okay, so this is very deep. I didn't know we would get into this deep topics, David. You're uh, you're teasing <laughs> me here. So, <laughs> no, no, really, I no, no, it's, I think it's the other way around. You're teasing me. I, you know, you can't just say the mind doesn't want to feel that. I would. I don't know why your mind wouldn't want to feel that. Well, the mind. First of all, it should be clearly understood that your mind is not you. You're not the mind. So let's say you're in a state of excitement. That means the emotions within your mind are agitated. And so you have this feeling of excitement. Could be negative, could be positive, doesn't matter. It's emotional. And where you actually feel it is in your mind, is in your head. But when you're feeling love, you feel it in your heart. You feel your heart literally warm up. And that's defining the location of the different parts of you. You actually are a soul. And I'm not doing a religious number on you, and you know that. I know, but aren't you really saying that the mind is just an un, more of an unfeeling element in your body where your heart is, the? if you connect to that, it's the part Absol- that does feel? Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, sure. So you don't marry with your mind. You get married so you could experience that love in your heart. But the mind, which belongs to you, it's a possession, takes over. And it's uncomfortable with this chit, with this real love, because the mind is a finite thing. It has limitations. Think of it as a computer. Think of it as your personal processor that... Right. And what, and what you put into it is what you That's get right. out of it, or what somebody else puts into it is what you get out of it. But it is an unfeeling, it's an unfeeling entity that is filled with whatever whatever thoughts, you put in facts, whatever you whatever, whatever you right. put into it. It okay, has software, it. and emotions are part of the software of the mind, and people don't realize what emotions do. And so the Western psych community, which, of course, has no idea about spirituality, they consider spirituality to be abstract, and which is insane, because the most tangible reality that we ever experience as human beings is love. We can't live without love. So it's not an emotion. It is the essence of what we are, of who we are, is this love. And we want to be in tune with it, and it has no boundaries. Love just goes on forever and ever. It increases without limitation. So people confuse emotions with love. Love, true love, is not an emotion. And so what the psych community does is they have it all mixed up, and they go, you have to express your emotions. Well, you don't have to express your emotions. That 
it, it's unimportant. It's a waste of time and energy, and it literally traps you in an area of delusion, you might say, because there's nothing that will come of it. But you're not saying don't express your feelings. I am. I'm saying don't express those emotional feelings. Express the heart feeling of love, which is singular. It's only one expression, and that's love. And express it verbally. Express it with body language. Express it with facial messages. Sure, that's the only feeling you should be expressing. Because a lot of times when you get, you know, I'm not saying, I, I'm definitely excluding excluding my present marriage, but I've had it in the past where a person I was in a relationship with expressed their feelings in a pretty demonstrative yes. way. It, it, was, it wasn't nice. It was, you know, it was, it was very emotional normally. Yep. Um, at least yes. I took it that way. And, um, and, and, and I'm not sure how to, you know, how you, I, I just remember when that happened, it was like, well, I don't know, you know, how do I respond to that? Um, well, you can't. And, and what happens is some women have bought into this programming by the, the women's lib movement, let's be honest, that, that this is a right and duty and it's part of being a woman is to express your emotions, and it's nonsense. And the proof that it's nonsense is that nothing good ever comes of it, ever. At best, you feel some emotional relief, but you don't feel the one thing that you really want to feel, which is love. It never brings you to a state of love. And so why go there when all you have to do is tell your mind, I want to feel, and you visualize your heart, I want to feel my heart's love. And you make it a point, you have free will. You see, everyone thinks free will is all about choosing chocolate over vanilla. Or, you know, I could drive on two lanes if I want, I have free will. No, you have free will. You should use it to its highest benefit. Well, you have the ability, I would say, the obligation to control your mind. Or choice. You have the choice. choice. And you could choose which thoughts you're going to think. You could choose which emotions you're going to feel. And you can choose and you should choose the most beneficial thoughts and feelings Period. Yeah, Paul, and Paul, it is really, it's not just women. I mean, men definitely do it too. And I've done it. I have def, and I, I, I still will catch myself doing it where I get angry at something that I have no business getting angry about. And, you know, we can call it expressing feelings. You know, w- women express feelings differently than I do. You know, I, I'll get, it'll just kind of build up inside me and then, you know, it comes out in a way that I'm not proud of, and I'm not happy about it, and and um, I'm still not perfect well, in that. Well, respect. I'm glad you're bringing that up, because I, I just picked on the women. Now I'm going to pick on the men. So anger 
has to be one of the most misunderstood, eh, one of the most, along with emotions, it's misunderstood. What is anger? What is anger? Anger, the simple equation for anger is that when you don't get your way, angry. Why? Why should that be? And that simple equation is so simple that it's only not getting your way that causes anger. There's nothing else that causes anger. Why? So then you have to take a look at the interrelationship or intra-relationship of the soul, which is what you are. That's your essence. You are a soul. And you have a body. You're not your body. You know that because if you lose an arm, there's nothing less to you. You're still you. So you have a body and you have a mind. You're a soul who possesses a body and a mind. So in this relationship, the physiological body, depending on the gender, influences your mind. If you're a male, you are designed to protect. You're designed to be a warrior. You're designed to be the front line in case of danger. That's your, that's your role. That's your gender-based role. It doesn't mean that every single man has succumbed to this, but by far and away, most. So anger is sort of the tripwire that allows a man to be front and center when the mind detects danger. When I say when the mind detects danger, it's defined by the mind what is dangerous, and then it's an automatic reaction. And the anger is sort of the shot in the arm. When the anger comes in, all of the other faculties shut down so that the person can focus on the defense. So reason is gone. Analysis is gone. All of these other, even our hearing, tapers down. Everything tapers down except this direct, let's attack what just is dangerous in front of us. And that's anger. I, I In a previous podcast, Paul, I used an example of when Pam and I had a painting project for our home and she was, she couldn't, I asked her, if, you know, I wanted her to pick out the paint color for the home and it just went, I, I'm not going to relate the entire story, but she couldn't pick out a color and it, she she was, and it wasn't, there was nothing she was doing wrong. She just wanted to make sure she got it right. And she kept putting different colors on the wall um, until I got to the point of frustration. Yeah. I, I, I don't yell. Pam will say to me, you're yelling. <laughs> right. and, and, and it's not... All I've done is gone from where I'm talking like right now to Pam, um, I just need you to pick out a Yes, you become color. stern. And and it, it just be, there's a different tone That's to right. my voice. Uh, the level hasn't changed at all. It really, the level hasn't gone up one octave, um, one decibel. It's just, I'm as quiet as I was before, but she knows that there's a change in me. And she's right. I mean, I got to a point where... There, the anger was. I, I just couldn't keep the anger inside me. Um, 
and I, I, you know, and I knew doing it that she was right, and I was, I was out of line. But um, so, what do you do? What do you do in those cases? What do you do? Because it, yeah, because it wasn't about danger, Paul. It was about frustration, and I think a lot of men, whether it's for me, it was frustration of I just, I just want color. I just, I, I, I don't want my home to be in this. N- middle paint phase anymore can we just pick out a paint color to um anger about not okay. having control so mine doesn't come from control I, I don't have any desire to control pam in any way shape or form but but i've heard from a lot of women in the past that their relationships that their their spouse uh, their previous spouse get angry and controlling mm-hmm. them um so i you know where did I'm kind of giving you two things at the same More time, here, Paul. One is, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so let, let's not confuse this word "danger" to mean like a bullet flying at you. The word "danger" in this context merely means that the mind has decided what works and what doesn't work. The mind operates in a binary fashion; it's either good or bad. It's either helpful or useless. And so it's either dangerous or safe. And so So if it's help so if it's helpful to to show anger, if that works, if that gets you what you no. want, then your mind says keep well, doing that's, it. That's that was the point that I was gonna get to a little bit later, but I'll get to it now. Because <laughs> it's a very, <laughs> very important that, point. And it's going to sound like I'm changing the subject, but it's such an important subject that I need to discuss it. So there is a sub-subconscious mind that is driven by our biology. And it has to do with why, from a biological perspective, why we marry somebody. A female, and of course this is general, but it's mostly accurate. So um, a female, generally speaking, marries a male because she is the one who carries and bears the young. She needs a defender of the home. Defender of the home. The male, who is busy being a defender and a warrior, needs a connection to his heart. And that's why he marries a woman. So these are very general, but they're fairly accurate. Mm -hmm. So what happened? It goes back to primitive. It goes back to primitive human beings. This is who we are. Yes, but you don't have to go back in time. It's our own primitive nature because it's driven by our biology. And our evolution is determined by our biology, overridden by our uh, raised consciousness. So here you have. Wow! Oh, wow! It's okay. <laughs> a lot to take. That's, that, is, that is an incredible statement. Okay. Okay. Keep going. So here you have a woman who is marrying a defender. Let's put it into the most simple terms. Yeah. And now this defender is using his power on her. It's not good. It undermines the most subconscious pact that exists between a man and a woman. It, you know, the Marriage Foundation, 
which is putting this whole thing on, which I founded, yeah. sells courses for men and courses for women. In the course for men, which are, I think they're vital for people to have the benefits of marriage that they want, which is happiness and love. So for men, it's in the very, very first section where there's an explanation of what we were just talking about. And I tell them, never get angry at your wife. Never let her see a scowl directed at her. Never let her hear your voice raised towards her. Never, ever use, because anger is a weapon. Never use that weapon against your wife. And you talked about bottling it up. And that's the wrong thing to do because it's an invasion upon your mind, this anger. See it almost like a demon. And this thing is coming into your mind to control you. So what you really want to do is not bottle it up, but kick it the hell out. Do not allow it in your mind. And you can do that. And you want to know what prevents most people from doing it effectively? Okay, there is this thing, it's human nature, that we feel somehow misguided into thinking that if we don't react to something immediately, there's a problem. And it's not true. We have the ability, and we should take advantage of this ability, to just stop, stop everything, and evaluate, consider, think about. And if we need an inordinate amount of time, we could even say to the person that we're with, you know what, I need a few minutes to digest what's going on. I can't process this fast. It's human nature to not do that because somehow the mind thinks if I don't react right now, I'm weaker. And and there you go. There's the fear again. So you asked about 10 or 15 questions without realizing it. <laughs> no, no, I, I get it. And I want to stay, kind of stay on the topic of, you know, telling your spouse of how you feel. But I think this is all connected to the way you communicate with your spouse is the stuff that goes through your yes. head. And, and you're, you're, you've been discussing about how to put better things into your head so that when you do communicate, you're coming from a much better place. I love how you just put that, David. And and you know what? We get people who write in, because we have a free service at the Marriage Foundation, and they say, here's my situation. What do I say? And people get very annoyed with us because I do not allow the counselors to give even suggestions about what they can say. Basically, if we did then whatever you're going to say is not going to be authentic. It's much better to just mind your P's and Q's, behave in a very positive way, and say what you feel is the right thing to say and keep reaching higher for more love, more wisdom in 
any given situation. We have to self-train ourselves, not you know, not be taught what to say, but taught how to reach higher, how to dig deeper. Well, there there is no there is no training program in schools that I know of that helps you in communicating in a relationship. It's, it's the most important thing that you probably have in your entire life of communicating with your spouse because there's children involved and everything else and you, you know, the everyday life that you have to leave live. And yet there's absolutely no training whatsoever on it. And what we fall back on in many cases is what we saw either from our own parents or from friends, parents, or from people that we saw in a supermarket community. You know, there's, you know, and I'm going to go on for a minute here, Paul, because in my childhood, my dad was an explosive guy. He he normally treated my wife, his wife, my mother, incredibly well, but there were times that he just would explode, and that my sisters and I and my mom all saw that anger come out of him. Um, he's been gone for a long time at this point. We certainly forgive him for that, but it had an impact mm-hmm. on me. I saw that kind yes. of anger. And for me to go from this explosive pound the table, booming voice of you can feel the anger coming across the table or coming across the room to, you know, can you just pick out the color? Um, <laughs> was a was a was a major, you know, major step for me because, you know, when I was when I was in my twenties, I found that, you know, there were part there were times that that what I learned from my dad about how you express frustration or anger was you you just really let it all out and give it let it all out. And it was reinforced with what I, you know, heard from anybody in a psychological profession. Not that I saw psychologists for it, which I didn't, but um I I definitely saw what was going on with that. And and it was there was nothing that said don't do it. In fact, everything that you ever read about it said Go ahead and yeah. express it. It was a big thing uh, in the '60s yeah, let, too. Let it, yeah, don't let, don't yeah, hold it in. That's don't right. Don't hold it in. Vent. So, not okay that I got from that point of, you know, a, a nine point five on the Richter scale down to a one point five. There is no, there. The goal is where you just said it. Zero. It is which zero is tolerance. You, yeah. Zero, and you express. No matter how you express yourself, it comes from love and you have to control it because in my case, my sweet wife can detect when I'm not there in the, in the slightest way. Seriously. I mean, it's, I'm not raising my voice. I'm not, I really try to be so, but she sees it. So it really, no matter how you express express it. It's, it's, um, it's got to come from the place that you're So describing. isn't that cool? In that situation that you had with Pam, she picked up your tells, you know, she picked up the little messages and recognized that you were angry and worse, you were angry towards her. And that right. undermined the whole reason you get married. 
And it, and it, it affects, affects her and it affects you. It affects her. And there's two things that always go through my mind afterwards, Paul. One is, I had no business right. doing that. And two, and two, it never accomplishes never. what I want. No, no, no. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't make me feel better. It's kind of like eating ice cream. It just, it, it does, you know, you might feel okay while you're eating it, but you know, to me, I always feel bad 15 minutes later. Like, why did I Let's do that? be careful because Ben and Jerry that. may be listening in on this one. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we don't want to get those guys mad with their chunky monkey. But, but again, if you, you know, I want you to address how you get to that point where you can control what's inside you so that the communication that comes from you comes from a, that you get to that pure point. I'm not a hundred percent there. I'm so far further along than I was, but how do you get from wherever you are on that scale? If you're, if you're the 10 of controlling anger, you're the dominant husband that controls his wife to, and, and you can see, you know, that's not working. My wife is not happy with the way we're communicating. Our marriage is in trouble to, you know, bring it back down to where they see you as this very loving, caring um, partner. Well, well, let's first be really clear that, yes, you're shooting for zero tolerance, but you don't have to achieve zero tolerance to achieve 100% loving marriage. Because on the other side of the coin, your spouse is recognizing that you're making an effort. And they are recognizing that subconsciously and intuitively that you're making the effort. And so they don't even have to forgive you for your mistakes. But if you're a complete, you know, apathetic, you know, what do I care how you feel person? Oh my God! What an yeah, insult! I would have used I, I would have used a different A word. But okay, <laughs> right. So, exactly. So, making the effort towards zero tolerance is the mission, and you're doing it for the right reason. You're not doing it. This is a little tricky. So, there's two parts to this. Nirvana, you might say is the absence of all negativity. You're in a place of pure bliss. That's nirvana. But the road to nirvana is blissful. But when you're not on that road, when you're not moving towards that place of all your negativity being gone, then it piles in on you. So, and this is... So in other words, get on. Get in other words, get on the road. If you're on, the, get on the road to to work on yourself, to fix yourself, to get to that mm-hmm. point. And and as long as you stay on that road, you're going to you're going to feel it. That's and you're going right. to achieve something. But if you and yeah, also so. the hardest thing for people to accept, not intellectually necessary necessarily, is that it is a constant in your life. It should be a constant to continuously watch your thoughts, continuously watch your feelings, continuously scrutinize your own behavior. There's only three kinds of behaviors. To scrutinize your own behavior, always ratcheting it up, 
always getting rid of the negative stuff and adding the positive stuff. They don't teach us this stuff in schools, and they should. Instead, instead we learn that it's okay under certain circumstances to vent, under circumstances to kill somebody, under certain circumstances to get revenge. And, 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 and it's just backwards. Right. I, you know, one of the interesting things, and this is a, kind of connected to what you're saying, a lot of times that, you know, it, we're talking about how to communicate your feelings to your spouse. Most of, and one of the things I picked up from you and talking to you a long, long time ago, Paul, um, one of our conversations well before we started doing this was it's not ne- not necessarily the thing to do to communicate how you feel in that situation, sometimes the best thing to do is just go and hug That's your right. wife. That's just right. Just um, you, you don't have to. You don't have to respond to what was said, or you, you just connect to how you feel for her, at, and know that's where you come from, and that's just right. go hug her. So what you're you don't have to say anything. And what that you're works. talking about is communicating. Outside of the box. So instead of letting your mind react and do its usual reaction, you're saying, screw that. I'm just going to communicate how much I love her. Right. And you don't, and that's what, and that's when you said, um, you know, you said five minutes ago that you don't tell people how to, what to say. That's right. And that's so important because sometimes sometimes words are necessary to say uh, how you feel. No, you don't look fat in that. No, you look you look great in that. You look incredible in that. You sh- but can't say that's the right thing to say because there are sometimes you just go, "I'm going to hug you," and well, yeah, I love you. I adore you. You are you know you are so incredible. That and that works. You know, you because it not only just you know look at it definitely works for the person who's getting hugged, but it it more than anything it works mm-hmm. for me exactly. So, yeah, because so I to feel, sum it up, yeah, you know the question the the challenge is I can't express my feelings to my husband. I can't express my feelings to my wife. Yes, you can, and you should, but not the garbage feelings. Not the feelings that are going to make them feel bad, only the feelings that are going to raise your marriage to a higher level, which is why you got married. It's unnecessary for you to dump your trash on somebody else's lawn, and especially someone who you love. So why express negative feelings? Why express how you're mad at Lucy or you're pissed at John? Don't do that. You shouldn't be doing that with anyone in any way, shape, or form anyway. You should be making sure that your mind is this loving, fulfilling, and it's just spreading positive energy wherever you walk. And you know, you've seen me sitting in Starbucks and people come up to me. And I'm not like this great looking guy or anything, but I've been training my mind. And so there's a peacefulness 
that is there, and people are drawn to it. You know, the interesting thing, Paul, that you're talking about is there's there's so much to this. There's a there's a lot to get you from where you don't have control of your feelings, you don't have control of of how to communicate to getting to that point where you really do know how to do it. And if you do get off the track, you know that you That's got off true. the track. Um, but that program, there's a lot to getting there. You there, and you've touched on it here. I don't think you've given the complete how-to, but if you go to the Marriage Foundations program, I do know that you have that in there. So there's a men's program and there's a woman's program, which is necessary in spite of, you know, the new age or the new politically correct thing of men and women are the same. That's you. Everyone knows that's nonsense. Um, because our physiology drives our psychology. So the men's program and the women's program individually, I think, are the best self-help programs out there. And they're put together in the context of your marriage. And many, many thousands of people have used these with great success. And it works for anyone who is willing to put out the effort, anyone who really is desirous of having a marriage that is off the charts. Paul, I don't think it takes a lot of effort with your program. Um, I'm going to disagree (laughs) with you there. I think, because I, you know, I, here, I I think you've made it easy and I'm not trying to do an infomercial here, but once you start watching your videos, once you get into that, I mean, you're, it starts, you start to get it. it. It starts to hit home with you and you, you have a much better idea of where to go. Most people have had no training whatsoever except watching their parents or something to that extent. Start watching the videos and and it starts to come pretty crystal clear and it doesn't take a lot of effort. It takes some effort certainly to control your mind. That's not an easy thing to do to get to 100% there. But to get on the right road with your program doesn't take a it's, lot of effort. It's doable. Um, it's doable. Yeah, do it. Yeah. It's real doable. You've made it real. What I like about what you've done and the reason I do these podcasts with you is I do believe Thank in what you. you're doing. And you've you've taken incredible steps with all the videos and all the and the thought that you've put into them and how you can how anybody who watches them could just easily go, you know, I could see how I can adapt that into what I'm doing. So Well, it's a better lifestyle. You know, David, we're running out of time and folks I really appreciate you coming to our podcast. And and please, if you have a question you'd like us to talk about, you could call 1-855-527-5863. That's 1-855-527-5863. You could call anytime, day or night, doesn't matter. Uh, leave your message. And if you feel more comfortable writing, Go to our website, themarriagefoundation.org, and go to the Counselors tab and let them know that this is a question for the show. And uh, David, thank you. And folks, thank you. And uh, take advantage of us. Uh, Oh, yeah. I always always get something out of these. Thank you. David. God bless everybody and take care. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.